Bureaucracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight, innovative revenue tools, outstanding improvements, things about cricket and churches. All that on more on the Queen City Improvement Bureau. This meeting is now in session. Hey. Oh, hey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm exhausted. What what's exhausting? I stayed up until like three o'clock in the morning watching Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do we get Wi-Fi down here? Uh, I've been. St- uh, I ran a cable to the mayor's office. <laughs> nice. Apparently, the mayor gets Wi-Fi. Nice. I've been drawing yeah. power from the Shark Tank. Oh, that's yeah. even smarter. Yeah. I hope I hope nothing goes wrong with that. That's nothing. All I can say. How could anything go wrong with Absolutely not. that? I mean, you're just like adding an extra plug. Yes. Yeah. So let's. Uh, shall we take attendance? That's a good idea. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, tonight we have um, Feda Lunis. Feda. We have Feda Lunis. Feda Lunis. Yes. Um, I'm I, I'm looking around. I'm not seeing a Feda Lunis. Um, um, nobody who would like you'd, you'd think that'd be a very distinctive looking. You'd think so. You yeah. know, actually, I, but uh, this is kind of this is a little awkward. I actually I messed up the letters in the name. It should read Paul Deshane. Oh, uh, that's me. Oh, okay. I am Paul Deshane. Oh, excellent. All right. Yeah. We got that's good. So you're okay. here. And uh Mariana Dong. Mariana Dong. Yes. Um fame 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 <laughs> 70s uh, porn star. Mariana Dong. Oh gosh. I wonder what kind of in- innovative revenue tools she's bringing for us today. <laughs> uh well, you know, actually um sorry Once more, this is kind of awkward. I messed up the letters in the name. It should read Aiden Morgan. That is you. Oh, and as far as I know, you're not a '70s porn star. Not as far as I know. I'm, you know, I've I've got the hair for it, but you know, you really do. That's really, really do. (laughs) And you actually have the shirt for it today. I I do. Yes. Those wide lapels. What's up with that? I don't know. Isn't the '70s in again? Sure. The '70s is always in. Good. So, so I don't think we have quorum, but we'll no. Yeah, go on with the meeting nonetheless. Okay. Okay. So what's first on the agenda? Well, uh, I note that we have a couple uh, extra people here. Actually, a fair number of extra people here today. Um, This is a crowded meeting. It is a very crowded meeting. Uh, We have, um, well, we'll be talking later with uh, Malcolm. And we've got some cricketers here, so hmm. Malcolm and the Cricketers. Malcolm and the Oh, I love that band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to have fantastic them. Fantastic skiffle band. Yeah. So I was going to have them at my bar mitzvah. Actually, you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you guys need do you need to set up your instruments or anything? <laughs> no, we're good. Okay. <laughs> actually, okay. So I've I've got down here Richard Singh and Yako Hirden are the uh, the, the, the yeah. Cricketers. Yeah. Hi. Are, Hello, everyone. Next thing you're going to do is tell me something crazy like you're actually cricketers. <laughs> yeah, we do play cricket. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In, Re- in in the Queen City, in Regina? Yeah. For many, many years now. Really? Started way, way back in the 80s here. Cricket. The, the game with... 
uh, the the those sticks the and wickets. the bats, wickets. There you go. And yeah. balls. The, the game think. actually started in 1970 in Regina. Really? And then expanded since then. Yeah. So over the years, it's been very, very stagnant, and then all of a sudden, ten years ago, just a boom. Yeah. You know, so. What do you attribute the boom to? Immigration. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's it's quite interesting. I, I'm actually the only player in the league from Regina. <laughs> <laughs> So there, it's been a lot of flux of people coming in, and it's the heritage yeah. of the sport. Yeah. Where? Um, so from what places are people coming that uh, they they play cricket? They've come from India, Pakistan, Australia. Um, mm-hmm. Yako here is from South Africa. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a flux English. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the second. West Indian Islands. West Indian mm-hmm. Islands. Bangladesh. Yeah. yeah. It's the second most popular sport in the world right now. Really? So, so it's popular everywhere, but, but so here. it's but like here. Pokemon Go and then cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Okay, a little, little safer though. Safer, yeah, yeah. And Pokemon Go, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like nobody plays cricket in the middle of the street, for example. Thank or you. Or actually, driving. do street cricket? <laughs> okay. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Where? It's like you know, like uh, if you're growing up in a city and. Just informal cricket games are played in alleys and and, mm-hmm. and on streets, you right. know. So in neighborhoods, just like people would play hockey on the street. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I guess okay. people play street I would, cricket. I would think our streets are too full of potholes for any kind yeah. of cricket. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The city of Regina garbage cans are used as wickets right now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, when when I was a child and visiting my family in Bermuda, we'd play. We'd actually play cricket in the street. Yeah. yeah quite a bit. Yeah. So. So Richie was actually one of the first guys to play cricket in the city. Like, he's been playing since those days until now. So he's seen it come full circle, really, from starting up to kind of, you know, fighting out and then Mm -hmm. catching. Yeah, it it almost did stop in the 90s here. It's actually almost, we almost lost the ground here. And uh, then all of a sudden, more people came in, and now we're booming. And now there's not enough room for all of us. Really? Um, yeah, so I, I, I've heard that there are several teams. Like, it's not just like, um, I think a thing that people think about when they, when they're biking through the parks and they see like people playing cricket in the park is that, oh, this is just a pickup game that some people are playing. But there's actually like multiple teams within the city. There is in the province here 44 teams. 44? That play in the oh. league, yes. Wow. And how many here in Regina? In Regina, there is about 26, 27. Wow. And there's a long format and a short format game. Right. The long format is about eight hours. Short <laughs> format is about three hours. Right. So it's it's a very time commitment game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But to clarify, like for example, like our club, um, we have we have um, this year we've got really two squads, but those two squads would be would would make up two teams. So we have four teams in our club. Really? Yeah, so you would have a team for your short format and then a team for the long format, but there would be some overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, how many clubs are there in the like uh, in the city now? Oh, there's probably about 20-something. Holy. Oh, so yeah. when you get to that size, things can get, like, really competitive and, like, there's there's actual stakes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's power. There's yes. power that comes with it. Yes. You know, like, yeah. uh, in the, there's a whole politic side of it that's starting to kind of become more, um, 
you know, like you're becoming more aware of it now. People, you, when you have to manage a lot of people, you know, and anything that has that's growing, yeah, you have to have people in place that do it. So there's all that that comes with it now too. It's not just informal. It's very people are taking it very seriously in the same. Yeah, it's not your typical rec league. Yeah, <laughs> it's like your second job, actually. Really? You know, yes. Yeah. Wow. The guys are very passionate about yes. cricket. Yeah. Because it's such important sports where they come from. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's What's the level of play like? In Saskatchewan, it's it varies, but there's a couple high level players. There's some youth that are really excelling right now. Right. But over the years, there's been very little. Uh, we've only had about three or four Canadian players over the last forty years here. So other than that, it's we don't get the training plus the season is short here. Right. So and then the uh, the environment and the infrastructure is not as lacking. well as is lacking compared to yeah. the other cities. Yeah. But you know, like it's comp it is everyone that's in the league has grown up playing cricket basically. Right. So everyone knows what's up. You know, um, it's 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 good cricket that's being played here, and we have some players that compete at um, national tournaments and stuff, and that'll that'll do fairly well. Yeah. Um, however, when it comes to um, you know Saskatchewan's best competing against like BC's best or Alberta's best, we um, you know we fall short. Yeah. Some of those guys get paid to play. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it is their first job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, are there trophies? Can you win, can you win trophies in Regina? Yes, you can. Playing? Yeah. Yes, there's different levels, but yes. Yeah. So you have your batting, you have your bowling, you have your MVPs, and then you have your winners of the league. There's a Division One and Division Two this year. Okay. So each will win there, and then the winner of Division Two goes into Division One. Okay. And then the bottom of that one goes back out. Right. So yeah, they've they've split it a little bit this year. Uh, but that and that's good too, though. It, it, it creates more development as well as ambition to go up in the mm -hmm. league. So, mm -hmm. I think I think some of our listeners uh, maybe find cricket interesting, but not be familiar with certain things like you know bowling, wickets, these terms. Would you be able to take us through a few of the basic rules and sort of things that make cricket unique? Sure. Um, like how baseball has nine innings mm -hmm. in Regina, each team gets forty. Holy. <laughs> yeah. So they each get forty. Yes, yeah. but okay, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta clarify that because actually, in cricket you have each team gets one what's called one uh, in innings. Each team mm -hmm. gets one innings, but it's made up of forty overs, like smaller increments. Oh, okay. So if a, a baseball game has nine innings, those are the small increments. Um, cricket would have forty overs, and an over is six pitches, okay. six balls. Yeah, so six balls times 40, that would make up one innings. Each team gets one innings. Hmm. Um, and your batsmen have to bat. You have 11 batsmen that have to start batting, and you, you're, the objective of the, the bowling side or the, the side that is pitching and fielding is to get the 11 batsmen out within that one inning. So within 40 times six, 40 times six balls. Okay. Yeah, so that's the long format. The short format is twenty times six balls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Each each batter only gets about once in a game. Yeah. Okay. But you stay as long as you can until they get you out. Yes. So you, <laughs> you could you, technically bat from the beginning of the game until the end of your innings. Right. Wow. And it, how does somebody get out in cricket? Caught. You can get caught. Mm -hmm. So if you right. hit a pop fly or you know equivalent of a pop fly, hit the ball in the air, someone catches it, you get you're, you're out. Of course, the fielders don't have a glove, so there's a little bit more tech. Well, we would say a bit more technique that goes with it. But um, right. 
Um, but that would be one way. Then a run out would be in cricket. You, if you think of it in terms, if you had to compare with to baseball, you would have two um, two bases. There's the base where the batsman's standing, and then r- directly opposite from where the pitcher is pitching, there would be another base. Mm. And your partner that you're batting with, because you always have two batsmen at any given time, would be standing right next to the pitcher. So your objective would be, when they pitch the ball to you, to hit it into the field and then to run to the pitcher, and then your partner who's next to the pitcher would run to the bat- batting plate. Right. Okay, if I had to mix the terminology a little bit. <laughs> so you're always crossing, running past each other. Um, so the other way that you could get out is if, if, you're, if you're running and you don't make it to your base, you would get run out. So okay. if, they, you know, if they throw the ball in and they hit the stumps, the sticks that, that, that mark the, the bases, then you would get out that way as well. And then if you pitch. If you, if you just pitch it and hit the stumps while the guy's batting, that's out too. Yeah, that, okay. that's usually the most common one. Right. Yeah. And then if you block the ball from hitting the stumps with your pad, okay, the, the umpire can call you out as well. Yeah. So okay. there's a there's a judgment call that gets made, and that's where passion also comes into cricket because if yeah if the batsman is standing in in front of the wickets, which you as a bowler or a pitcher is you're trying to hit those wickets, mm. if that batsman, if the ball is um, you know, it's you're pitching it, and you think it's going to hit the stumps, but that batsman's leg gets in between the ball and the and the stumps. You can call, you can appeal. It's called appeal. Mm. You can basically ask the umpire if the if the batsman's leg wasn't there, would that have hit the stumps? And the the, oh. the umpire has to make a decision based on what he saw. And if that umpire says it's out, it's out. In which case the batsman gets furious, right. <laughs> and if, the, if he says it's not out, then the bowler gets furious. Yes. So there's a lot of like right. emotion yeah. that comes with those appeals. And, and no batter ever says they're out. Yeah, right. no batter is ever out. Yes. Yeah. And how do you score points? Every time you cross, that's one. That's one point. Uh, run, so if yeah. you can run as many times as you want until they decide right. not to. So yeah. it's kind of like if you were in baseball and you were allowed to just keep running past home. You could do that, home. yes. Okay. The other way of hit is hitting the ball in the air over the boundary. It's six runs. That would okay. be a, equivalent to a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, you can hit it 360, like 360 degrees around the batsman. Mm, so you yeah. can hit it backwards as well. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And then on the ground over the line is four runs. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And a run is a point. Yeah. Yeah. Same as baseball. So some of these scores are 200 to 250. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Well, that was my next question. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. And some batsmen will will get uh you know they'll get about I'd say uh, like a milestone is 50. So if you get 50 runs, then that's considered a milestone. And if you get 100, that's a really big milestone and a big achievement. So in mm. our league, there's a few guys. The top guys will get hundreds. Wow. Mm. Yeah, yeah our, our club gives medals out for that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Right on. For that, five wickets, five guys out in one game, the pitcher. So that's something to explain because in cricket, in, in baseball, if you're the pitcher and someone takes a catch in the outfield, you, you know, people are very happy, but, but ultimately it's the fielder that gets, you know, considered, like, that gets rewarded. In, in cricket, if you're pitching, 
or bowling and someone gets caught on the boundary, it's the bowler that gets celebrated. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Because the fielder is, is is important in that, you know, obviously took the ball, caught the ball, but it's the bowler that gets recognized for the wicket. So they mm. get the wicket under their name. Okay. Yeah, so that's oh, interesting. Gosh. There's a lot of rules to the game. It takes a long term to learn. Yeah. <laughs> to watch it on TV from flat, you won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, so imagine there's uh, people at home listening to this meeting on uh, 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they wanted to get started in cricket. Is that something that you guys could help them with? Absolutely. We um, we teach kids right now, every yeah. Monday night, Oh, for an hour uh, at a, in Harbor Landing there, just at okay. a park. It's tennis ball cricket, so all kids are welcome. Uh, there's entry level, that's all it is, and then we split them up by age. And our club donates their time to go do it. Mm-hmm. We are sponsored by SASTEL. <clears throat> it's called SASTEL Junior Cricket Academy. And for an adult, uh, we try to get them out at our adult practices and get them a feel for the game, too, as well. So we practice every Tuesdays and Thursdays, and everybody's welcome. We'll mm-hmm. introduce them. To play a hardball right off the bat, it takes a bit. It's harder than a baseball. Uh-huh. A little bit bigger too, so it can be dangerous as well. So we try to give them a feel. We do play tape ball in the winter and indoor cricket as well. So that's a good start too. What do you play indoor cricket? Indoor, we just rent the South Le- Southwest Leisure Center. Oh, okay. we've done it for a few years now. So we have about thirty guys that come out and play, and we just have fun. We we go till about midnight. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, and so your your club is the Cavalier Cricket, cricket club. Correct. Right. Um, you were you mentioned earlier about the infrastructure situation. Like, what is the infrastructure in Regina like for cricket? Currently, we have our original pitch at Douglas Park. Yeah. Uh, that has been there since 1970. There is two cages there, which are about five feet tall. So they are not Up to standard for height mm. now. Normally, these things are 12 feet high for safety reasons. Yeah. Uh, so the ball doesn't fly. And then we acquired Grassic Park. There's a pitch there. And that was about five years ago. Yeah, right. Where's Grassic Park? Uh, just beside the RCMP barracks. Yeah. Oh, oh, if okay, you're ever walking in the park play, there, yeah. you'll you'll probably walk right through our field because the oh, path yeah. goes through the outfield. So we always have to stop for people when they're, you know, yeah. like on their bikes or whatever. Yeah. They are building a new pitch in the new area down Dooney Avenue there in, in Westeria. West yeah, oh, okay. yeah. that'll be ready in the next four or five years, I think. Right. So instead of uh, they decided when they were building that subdivision, they would actually put a cricket field. Nice. So and then we are building our own park in White City there. Yeah. So that is uh, that'll be ready by April. Yeah, that'll be our club's field, yeah. and that okay. we um, that's yeah, we'll see how we'll use that. Yeah. Just because we've got so many members, we want to be able to give our members um, more more time to play games. So yeah. we'll, and, and right now you can't even have really like tournaments and stuff in the city um, because the fields are just always fully booked. So we'll have a field that we can invite teams from other cities to come and play in Regina. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have have, you ever, sorry, have you considered just going sneaking into the new stadium? <laughs> When the riders show up, you're like, no, I'm sorry, we're, yeah. we're, we're here now. We, we yeah, call dibsies on this. <laughs> yeah, I think actually a football field would be too small for to to play oh, cricket really? on. Yeah, you wouldn't be wide enough. Yeah, uh, you would have to have two football fields next to each other. We Wait a kind second. of do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, good one. <laughs> um, wow. So we couldn't. You just simply couldn't play. No. Cricket in the new stadium at all? It's uh, 68 yards to one side, 68 to the other, oh, all around, okay. and then 70 straight right. each way. So in some of the cities across North America where um, cricket is 
popping up now. Um, they'll play on they'll play on fields like that just because of not having anything else. And like mm-hmm. I said, you can really play cricket anywhere. Like you can play in a street if you want. You yeah. as long as you set the rules beforehand and everyone knows. Um, but but yeah, like a proper cricket field is is way bigger. Yeah, and, and that's the problem we have in the city. There is no land that's actually possible. We've we've Google mapped it. We've looked all over. There's been yeah. a couple areas that kind of look like it, but it's really not. Yeah. So, well, and how many guys are in the league? Because like, it seems like there's like a if you've got um, I wrote it down here 26 teams. I, I think it's close to about 400, 500 right now. Yeah, oh, right. That's yeah, it's it's definitely over 400. I know last year it was it was um, we have a we have an app that we use to keep track of everyone's scores. And if you go on this app, you can see all the registered players. And there was over 400 players last year. So right. I'm assuming it would be more this year. It right. would be, yeah. Yeah, so you guys are like hitting the critical mass where, you know, developers are going to have to start taking building cricket pitches into consideration. <laughs> when well, they, but, but they are. Like yeah. with um, West Terra, yeah. the yeah. fact that they decided to build a, a, a cricket field there instead of another ball diamond is actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, and it shows that they're conscious of the shifting demographics in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is why we got the White City one too as well. We own the land, but we had to get a special permission to build there because right. it is agriculture land. Oh. And everybody has a ball diamond, and everybody's got a hockey stadium, <laughs> but nobody has a cricket park. <laughs> so the RM of Edenwald allowed us to do it. Right. Cool. Yes. Well, what do you think? Um, do do I think they're actually they're like improvement vectors yeah. in the city? Well, actually, well, I, sh- I guess one question that I should have asked is: Do you guys have anything coming up in oh, the yeah. near future that uh, people should uh, turn out for? tournaments or oh there's games every weekend like this weekend yeah. him and i are both playing three games for eight hours each right so it's anybody can come watch they usually stay about one two hours to kind of watch uh-huh. <laughs> so, but you know just, stop by yeah. uh, douglas park is always a good um a good feel to go watch some of the cricket if you just want to even yeah. if you just want to chat to someone and figure out the rules most mm. of the guys that are at the field would be more than happy to try and explain it to you. And each right. person will have their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as, like, fundraisers or, um, you know, like, uh, events for newcomers to, to try out the sport, um, you know, there's nothing really um, sit, c- coming up in the, ne- in, the, in the next while year. But maybe at the start of next year, next season, oh. beginning of the season would always be a good time to get into it. We we just did something at Canada Day in at the ledge there, and we had a booth there for the whole day where they played the kids played, nice. and people got to introduce the sport there. September long, there might be a big tournament here. We're inviting provinces to come. Prize money on that, I think, is ten thousand dollars. Holy! So I don't know trophies, medals, money. I'm beginning to think cricket might be my sport. <laughs> don't forget about the drinking after. <laughs> yeah. is, are, are there many Pims cups? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Depen- depends which team you're for. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think? Uh, I think I think they're entirely cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for that. Show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and uh, you're, we give you a certificate of improvement. Oh, Thank you. Right. Excellent. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, you're now official improvement vectors. So <laughs> dubbed you. by the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Awesome. Well, Thank thanks you. for having us, guys. Yeah, oh, thanks yeah. for coming. It was our pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And where can people find you online? ReginaCricket.com. Oh, super oh. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, what is next? I believe we have uh, innovative revenue tools in which uh, we look for ways to improve the city's bottom line. Uh, yes, by coming up with new tools to collect revenue. And this week, I have you, one. You have one. That's I'm good. not stalling. Because I do not have one. <laughs> I do. Um, you've heard of development levies, no doubt. Let's pretend I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Well, de development levies are where the uh, developer comes in, wants to build a new neighborhood, and the city charges them a certain fee per hectare mm -hmm. to cover the costs of servicing that that new development with infrastructure. Sounds eminently sensible. Yeah. And so when you, it, it makes perfect sense to everybody that we would charge to service the landscape with, mm -hmm. with infrastructure. But one thing that we don't think about enough is the amount it costs to service the mindscape, Aiden. Okay. Well, you're blowing mine right now. And that's so. why we're suggesting for this week irrelevant levies. <laughs> Very nice. So irrelevant levies. Um, at City Hall, there's a lot of talking at city council meetings. And people will stand up and they will talk about, you know, whatever their various concerns are in the city. And that makes perfect sense that people should be able to come in and talk about their concerns because that's democracy. But why should they do it for free? Is this where we're going? Well, more of more concern are when people show up for a packed council meeting, as we may have just recently had, and they have a lot of things to say, but a lot of what they're saying has absolutely nothing to do with what's being discussed at council. What they're saying is irrelevant. Ah. Sometimes councillors will take time to talk about, you know, another development that has nothing to do with the development on the table. Right. A delegation will get up and talk about their career in in macrame. That sounds great. And so what we what we're suggesting is that we would have an extra clerk at every council meeting who could like write a little note every time somebody says something that's irrelevant, and then that person could toss, a, you know, two bits into the irrelevant jar. Right. And like fifteen hundred dollars, say. Or fifteen hundred dollars. I'll tell you, if it's even if it's fifty cents, based on what <laughs> I've seen lately at council, you will fill that jar and we will be able to pay for a whole new stadium just for cricket in no time flat. Excellent. With our irrelevant levies. Perfect. I love that idea. All right. Okay, if that idea doesn't work, we have a few more here that we can also try. Sandy Dorn from the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District, and you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina's Community Radio. Well, there you go, Aiden. Those are our innovative revenue tools for this week. Sorry, I didn't hear them. I was playing Pokemon Go. Did you catch anything down here? There must be some really rare Pokemon down here. There, there are some. Well, there are, there are some things that I thought were Pokemon, but they're actually living down here. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Like. So I, Oh, you mean like the asbestosaur in the corner over the, there? For, just by by way of example. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's good that he's here because he eats a lot of the asbestos. And, That's true. But he makes a horrible mess when he's doing big clouds. <laughs> big clouds. Yeah, you just, you just breathe in that stuff in all day when you work here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what a pain. Yeah. The lung cancer attack, plus two <laughs> that he has. That's right. Is, is dreaded at the Pokemon gyms. It, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, so I thought we... Uh, there was a thing that should have been next on the agenda for today, but we're not going to do it. Nope. Nope. Uh, there was a council meeting this week on Monday, and it was... So I've been going to council meetings for over, like, nine years now, and this council meeting started at 5.30, and it did not end until 12, 13. 
uh, that night. That's so longer was, than a cricket match. It is longer than a cricket match. Um, I counted it out. I could have watched all of Stranger Things, the entire series. I could have binged on all of Stranger Things, watched the whole thing during that council meeting, and still had 45 minutes left over for a shame snack. <laughs> But I didn't do that. No, I sat in council and I binged on city council uh, for those six hours and 45 minutes. And um, so, yeah, I'm still traumatized. I'm still not over it. I have a council hangover. So I could not bring myself to even scribble down a note about all of the controversial things that were discussed at that council meeting. So hopefully next week I will um, I'll have gotten over the PTSD. (laughs) Right. You'll be you'll yeah. have like and you'll have like you'll load it up on some shame meth and you'll be in, in shame to uh, <laughs> yes. actually do that. Yes. But I did want to point out one thing that uh, did get passed. Uh so in the waning minutes of the meeting, uh the the meeting uh like it, it had like fifteen minutes where it was just like they were just like passing stuff right left and center and they were like we're not even going to discuss this let's just get to the voting. And one of them that uh, the mayor passed is that the city is going to be bidding on uh, the, in 2021, the city is going to hopefully be um, hosting the Federation of Canadian Municipalities uh, annual gathering and trade show. Oh, and for a city hall nerd, and I'm sure there are city hall nerds out there listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau, mm-hmm. this is like Regina going for the Olympics. Wow. Yeah, the Olympics of City Hall nerddom. Yeah, I love that. So hopefully we can do a little bit better job than Brazil at getting the Queen City ready for the. Hopefully we can get all the dead fish out of Wisconsin well, Lake. Right. Just in, and so uh, we get a little less Zika going on. Is, yeah, is what a little saying. less Zika, and uh, yeah, our uh, municipality village where all of the um, various mayors will uh, get to live will be. Uh, we'll, we'll have Wi-Fi at least. That's right. Nothing else, because you know that it's going to have to be a really slick job because. The most important thing about this is that it's very likely that this means that Nahid Nenshi will be coming to Regina again. Oh, that'll be cool. And he is like, of municipal politics, he is like the Pele of yeah. municipal politics. <laughs> that, that's, that's a really timely reference there. <laughs> Let's say Ronaldo. Ronaldo? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like... I was trying to come up with some kind of sports reference. That's the only one I had. Oh, my God. Anyways. Why, why, why he's the Lindbergh. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that's all That's all I had the wherewithal to report from city council this Fantastic. week. Yeah. Well, we, I look forward to hearing more about it next week. Groovy. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Uh, I believe we have ourselves a, uh, we have ourselves a guest. Oh, right, yes. the Malcolm of Malcolm and the Cricketers. That's right. Uh, or otherwise known as Malcolm French. Right. Father Malcolm French, I do believe. Or, yeah. or Archdeacon, if you... Archdeacon? Oh, Archdeacon. Oh, very really? insulted. Yeah? I even get to be venerable instead of reverend, which is an old oh. English word that means old. Really? <laughs> this is true. So you're... Hang on. So, like, where you call the mayor your worship, we should be calling you your venerables? Your venerableness. Maybe. No, you should just call me Malcolm. That's what my mother Malcolm. calls me, and okay. I think that's what Jesus calls me. Okay. <laughs> We're good. Right. Yeah. yeah. When he texts you, it's like, hey, Mal. No, yeah. it's never Mal. No, no, it's never it's Mal? It's okay. I was never a Mal. Okay, good to know. I'll avoid My that. Family. All right. And you, um, you don't play cricket. 
And you're no, not in a skiffle band. But but our bishop is from England, and he tried to teach the clergy of the diocese to play cricket. Really? And, and the problem that we had, first of all, was that we all grew up playing baseball. And so in cricket, you don't throw the bat, because to get safe to the other end, you can actually put the bat out in front of you, and if the bat is across the line, oh. you're safe. But... Therefore, you carry the bat with you. But in baseball, of course, you throw the bat. So all of us went hitting the ball through the bat because that's what we do. I, however, was in cricket, you run straight ahead. I was the only one who ran off at an angle to go for first. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I was a complete and utter failure at, at cricket. Um, yeah. But uh, I believe that the bishop, before he came to Canada, was actually recruited into, an, into a different diocese than the one where he was ordained because of what position he played in cricket. And they, <laughs> really? were, weak, they were weak in that position, so he became the rector of some parish uh, really? because he... Shore up the cricket. Yeah, shore up the cricket here. side, yes, wow. indeed. That's kind of... Yeah. Well... Right. And the Church of England has played the Vatican in cricket, I think, twice, and Church of England won both times. So. Oh, yeah? Wait! Huh. I t- so I guess the tiny little. Don't you feel bad about that though? Tiny, tiny, tiny little Vatican city getting kicked in the butt by uh, by, um, my, by mighty Rue Britannia and cricket. Well, you know, I mean, the Church of England are sort of annoyed with me about other things. I, I'll, I'll cheer for them on this. <laughs> I don't think the Scottish Episcopal Church has a cricket team though. Really? I, I don't know. I really okay. I don't. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, we uh, we asked you to come down into the sub basement um, because we I'd, I'd noticed that there was an awful lot of news out of the Anglican uh, Church in Canada here about uh, you know uh, same sex marriage, and I was wondering if you could give us an update on that and how things are going here in uh, Regina on that score. Well, uh, it, there was much excitement over same sex marriage at our general synod. There was a motion to change the canon uh, in a way that would uh, permit um, any uh, clergy of the Anglican Church of Canada to solemnize marriages between people of the same sex. Now, interestingly, the Chancellor had said there's actually nothing in the current wording of the canon to preclude. Mm-hmm. clergy of the Anglican Church of Canada solemnizing a marriage between people of the same sex. But um, it has been something of a hot issue amongst Anglicans for the last several years uh, internationally. Uh, and and so that's caused a great deal of, of stress and, and bits of schism here and there, including there's at least one congregation meeting in Regina of schismatical Anglicans. Who, wow. Uh, and that in large part is related to the sexuality issue. So we at General Synod, we, we had a, uh, a vote on this, and it appeared on Monday night uh, as though the vote had been defeated uh, by one vote in the clergy. It had to pass huh. by a two-thirds majority among the bishops, among the clergy, and among the lay delegates. And it succeeded amongst both the clergy and, or sorry, amongst both the laity and the bishops, but lost by one vote amongst the clergy. So there was much unhappiness uh, on Monday evening. Uh, At some point on Tuesday, I'm a little fuzzy on what time exactly, (laughs) um, when they examined the record, the, the, um, the general secretary uh, of General Synod, uh, the Venerable Michael Thompson, it turned out that his vote had been counted as a lay vote instead of as a clergy vote. And when you recalculated with his vote counted as a clergy vote, it passed. So everybody got to be upset at some point (laughs) uh, in General Synod, uh, which was was perhaps a very appropriate thing because everybody got to understand what it's like to be on the the winning and losing side of the debate. Um, Now, in order for this actually to change the canon, uh, it has to be passed again at the next General Synod by the same margins in three years. 
So we have you started. You guys make changes so fast, hey? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you don't want to rush into things, right? No. I mean, you know, it's every, everything's everything's still tentative. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, after all, you're making the Queen City Improvement Bureau look like you know, screaming fast, efficient. <laughs> well, it, it's <laughs> worth noting that you know the Council of Nicaea got amended at a subsequent thing. So oh, okay. that's a good, good, that's there a good point. And the Orthodox and the Western churches are still fighting over the filioque clause. So you know, they, they've been doing that <laughs> for like thirty years now, at least. They've been doing that for a thousand years. Or a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and remember, the the Orthodox Church has tried to have a synod like two weeks ago, and they've been working on it literally for 600 years <laughs> to plan this meeting. <laughs> and then five of the autocephalous Orthodox churches didn't come. So Really? Kinda, yeah. The, the church, the church that like, like, a mighty, last... like a mighty turtle moves the Church right. of God. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> our last potluck that we threw down. <laughs> invited the entire building. We'd been planning it for 600 years, and just Aiden and I showed up. There yeah. you are. Yeah. And, and and yeah, exactly. So, what what happened on Monday night when it like had it appeared to have passed initially? I suspect most dioceses would have just said, "Okay, well, everybody will wait out the three years," mm-hmm. because it had been defeated. A handful of dioceses, including um, Niagara, uh, where my classmate Michael Bird is the bishop, and Ottawa, and I think another one, indicated that regardless of the outcome based on the Chancellor's advice that there was actually nothing to preclude it, that they were going to proceed anyway, mm-hmm. um, which probably would not, I, I, I don't know, I think would not have happened had the motion passed. Uh, but then when it turned out the motion had passed, it was pretty hard for those bishops to walk that back. So we now have a little bit of liturgical chaos uh, across the country. The bishop here um, voted in favor of the change, but recognizes it as a very divisive issue and so his decision is that he will not authorize to proceed in this direction until that passes at the next general right. synod uh so he is he is taking a, a, a he, he he voted i find the terms liberal and conservative a little unhelpful but he <laughs> voted on the liberal side but he is responding to it in a procedurally yeah. conservative way uh he's, say, he's sort of threading the needle on, on this a, a little this, yes. well and that's a very anglican thing the via media <laughs> so he uh that's what he's doing and and so at, at a at a certain level in Regina, nothing has changed, or in the diocese of Capel, nothing has changed, and nothing's going to change for the next few days because he's busily biking from the Alberta border to the Manitoba border oh. to go across his diocese. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's oh. that's his little bit of excitement, and yeah. I think that's working off the stress from General Synod because it was kind of stressful. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm sorry, you've been using this word over and over again. I just want to double check what it is. What's a synod? Oh, a synod. Uh, it's uh, well, it gets used differently in different churches. For Anglicans, um, in most places except the United States, a synod is the legislative meeting of either a diocese or an ecclesiastical province or a national church. Um, in the United, in the Episcopal Church in the United States, they call them conventions. Mm-hmm. But most of the rest of the Anglican Communion calls those meetings synods. So this particular synod, the General Synod, was the entire Anglican Church of Canada representation from all the dioceses, uh, lay and clergy representation, and all the serving bishops of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and Canada, the Anglican Church of Canada has four ecclesiastical provinces. They have their own synods. They all, similar kind of thing, lay and clergy representation from each diocese and all the bishops. And each diocese has its own synod with the bishop and all of the clergy and lay representatives. 
Right. Another another term I think that uh, needs uh, maybe a little more context is solemnizing a marriage. Uh, can you tell us what solemnizing marriage just basically means for the? For well, I think for folk? in practical sense, for most people, to perform a marriage. Well, okay, yes. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, I think perform a marriage is generally used in sort of secular contexts because. Um, well, there's a little bit of dispute amongst Anglicans over how many sacraments there are and how we understand them. But for those of us who understand there to be seven sacraments, marriage is one of them, and you solemnize a marriage, and much as you celebrate the Eucharist or uh, initiate a baptism. I mean, th- th- this is the, the terminology. So. Hmm. Right. Thanks. So it's not just like making making their relationship more solemn. Well, I mean, well Mar- marriages can do that. Though. Marriages yeah. can't do that. The the thing is that. Um, in terms of the sacramental theology of not just Anglicans but also Roman Catholics and I think Lutherans, the ministers of the sacrament of marriage are actually the the people getting married. Right. The priest is presiding over this and pronouncing the church's blessing and so on and doing the functions of the state of you know making sure it gets properly registered. But the people who are making the marriage are actually the the couple. Right. Hmm. Okay. I was going to say the man and the woman, but that's really kind of what the debate's about, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in Capel at the moment, it's still the man yeah. and the woman. Right. Uh, so thinking about this, it is like three years away. The vote was uh, really close, at least on the clergy side. Incredibly close. Well, it was it was really close to get a two-thirds majority. Right. But in yeah. fact, it was it was two to one in all three houses yeah, at the end enough. of the day. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think then that with this three-year waiting period, like I don't know how this works, is there going to be a lot of organizing to try and get it defeated at the the next meeting, or do you think that there's going to be a lot more sort of uh, rallying of the troops around this notion that we should be solemnizing uh, same-sex marriage? I, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say um, whether there will be much in the way of, for lack of a better word, campaigning. Um, I think I think the, given those kind of results, the mind of the church over its direction is clear. Mm-hmm. There are some dioceses and some parts of the church where there's significant resistance. There is probably some resistance in pretty much every diocese, uh, but only a, only a handful of dioceses where that would be um, probably would reach a critical mass. Uh, critical mass. The church. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, uh, the other, the other thing is, I, I think that um, there has been an effort. I think people on all sides to try and approach this as a matter of discerning, not a matter of campaigning and trying to get a vote, okay. uh, trying to trying to win a vote. It's been about um, trying to discuss the issue and, and lead other people. I mean, for example, it was, it was a surprise to a great number of people across the Canadian Church that the Bishop of Capel voted. Yes, to proceed. I mean, right. he was generally thought of as being one of those who would likely vote no. Um, and given given what the margin was, um, had he abstained, it still would have reached the two-thirds. Had there mm-hmm. been one more vote against, it still would have been the two-thirds. But had he voted no, that's one less yes, one more no. Right. It would have been defeated. So huh. so there's um, there have been a lot of people who have been sort of working their way towards uh, towards this for a while, and I think that'll continue. There'd also been a, a very good report uh, called This Holy Estate that was created by a commission that had been created by the last General Synod, which which had some fairly interesting reflections on, on how we understand marriage. Um, and one of them that I think provided an opening for some people to move was... Uh, 
how much Greek do you want to get into here? Um, it actually well, built around uh, a lot of the New Testament argument comes around Paul in in the first chapter of Romans talks about relationships between two men mm-hmm. as being paraphysin, which is a phrase that he only uses one other time. Um, and paraphysin, strictly speaking, means you know, outside of nature or or, or against nature. Oh. And in at some old translations, it's been translated as things like an abomination or something. Right. Like that. But he only uses that phrase one other time, and the other time he uses it is when he's talking about the Gentiles being brought into the church and the grafting of the Gentiles onto the tree of Israel, which he mm. also describes as being paraphysin against nature. So. First of all, this means paraphysin may not necessarily be intended as a condemnation. Right. Right. But but does that also mean uh, for a way for some people to approach this that maybe same-sex marriage isn't exactly the same as heterosexual marriage? Maybe there are differences, but that they are they are institutions that can be grafted together. And that's allowed some people to, to move on that. Hmm. Um, I was a little concerned by the language because I thought it sounded a little like separate but equal. Um, but <laughs> right. I talked to uh, but as a you know, privileged white straight male, it was. You know, what do I know? I talked to some gay and lesbian Anglicans uh, about it, and they had actually found that to be a very hopeful phrase. That there had been a lot of positive reactions. So, hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're say, by extension, then, like uh, the LGBTQ community within the Anglican Church mm-hmm. is fairly um, in, heartened by this. Uh, the direction things are going, or. Well, they were certainly much more heartened on Tuesday than they were on Monday night. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And um, I, I think so. Uh, I mean, it was it was interesting to sort of... Because this was just last week, right? No, it was uh, two weeks ago. Or two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Couple, oh, okay. It was a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, it's, it was 1985. <laughs> no, no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was earlier this month. <laughs> no, two weeks ago. Okay. Um, the thing is that uh, I think that... What was that line that uh, Martin Luther King is actually quoting somebody else that line about the arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards right. justice. I, I think for a lot of um, LGBTQTS folk within Anglicanism, I mean, they've invested in the arc of the universe eventually turning. And uh, I, I don't want to make this sound dismissive, but those who aren't prepared to wait for the arc to turn have decamped and, and made whatever choices they've made already. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I think that's also part of the reason why it's likely to continue. I would be surprised if it were defeated at the next synod because to some degree those who are for whom the the impossibilists, those who say mm-hmm. we cannot possibly do this, I mean a significant number of them decamped a few years ago to, right. to either other denominations or to or to separate uh, continuing Anglican groups as they sometimes right. get called. So and you called them schismatics? Yeah, it was a, that was probably a little uncharitable. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. that was pretty cool. <laughs> Have you ever thought about schismatics? Well, there's yourself? actually a great argument. Is, yeah. is it schismatics or schismatics or oh. schismatics? And depending on who you talk to, yeah, it's all oh. depending I, on how I you like interpret it. I just because it does sound like the coolest of the three options. Yeah. Well, I once had a conversation with somebody about whether a, whether one who plagiarizes is a, is a plagiarer or a plagiarist. And they suggested oh. plagiarist because it sounded more professional. <laughs> <laughs> I plagiarize for a living. I worked in government communications once. I was constantly. Yeah, I guess that's what Margaret Wentake could start using on her byline. (laughs) (laughs) Why she wrote? She wrote uh, Mrs. Trump's speech. You know, (laughs) (laughs) doesn't surprise me. Um, Cool. Okay, so um, (laughs) moving further afield from. 
Uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about here at the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau is just uh, sort of like civics, like the city. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it shivics? (laughs) Or skivics? So... It might, it might be oh, it might be kivics if you actually play it with actually the Latin. Might be, yeah. my, my, my son, the, the Latin scholar, who I think may have been in this room a week ago, yes, um, might suggest to, because he once told me that it's not Caesar, really, it's Keezer. But. I know, which is a shame. Uh, yeah, that sounds terrible. Um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask you for like some thoughts uh, about, you know, like what's the role of your church, do you think, in sort of like the wider city, like politically and, uh, you know, well, I, I think that um, churches need to be engaged in their community, and at St. James, we're really proud. Of one of our one of our ways of engaging is a partnership with Reach Regina Education and Action on Child Hunger, uh, which started initially as we had a kitchen, they needed a kitchen. Hey, <laughs> use our kitchen, um, and with our current mission action plan, action plan includes uh, an annual grant to support one of their programs, uh, in the order of five thousand dollars a year for for a five-year period. Nice. Um, and that's a way of contributing to that. I know the Anglican Cathedral has a program uh, currently called Feed My Sheep that has a uh, breakfast or a lunch mm. for those who need such things uh, every other every other Saturday. Different churches do those kinds of things, and I, and I think that that is one piece of it. Um, I think in terms of the stuff that you would more traditionally associate with civics, I, I think churches need to exercise a little bit of care. The churches that tell people how to vote always kind of, well, they bother me partly because I just don't think that's really our business, and they bother me because those that do it usually tell them to vote the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, encouraging an informed electorate that, that participate in, in the whole uh, li- the political life of their, of their community is important. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, at, at an event at our church the other night, the, the chair was kind enough to point to introduce the, one of the candidates in Ward 9 oh. who happened to be at the event because, well, <laughs> you know, he's related to me. Uh, and, uh, we should note that yeah. our guest last week, Aiden Weatherspoon, is your son. And this was, and we, I think we mentioned it last week, that this was an accident that we wanted yeah. to have both of them yeah. on. And you guys but have next different last you, names. But next week when yeah. you have my wife on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I think we have your cousin booked in for two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, well, when you when you do the one about design, my cousin Dean Renwick would be a good guest. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, Dean, I just yeah. just oh, keep it all in the in the family. Yeah, yeah. Well, we live in Saskatchewan. But I mean, you know, the the other thing too is that uh, uh, churches are you know they're they're public spaces, mm-hmm. and in a lot of communities in the city that are you know they they lack public space because we're not building it so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, churches are places where you can like go to vote. Well, churches are often used as polling places. I think churches. Um, and there's a benefit for churches in making themselves available for the use of community groups and so on. Mm-hmm. I mean, from churches' perspective, it helps to support their 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 bottom line, yeah. uh, but it's also a means of hosting things uh, and, and of being of service to the community. So, I mean, in addition to reach, you know, we've got an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting that meets at our church, and there's some square dancers, square dancers, really, who use who use St. James, and they've been using St. James since it was built. They actually paid for the tile on the basement floor because <laughs> it's, it's set up to support their square dancing. Nice. Um, yeah. So that you get those kind of uh, things. So I think there's great opportunity there. And I discovered the other night, although I really have no idea what this means, but apparently St. James the Apostle um, at uh, Empress and and Northwest Boulevard, just south of Martin Collegiate, open every Sunday, is in fact a Pokemon stop. It is. Oh wow! And 
the parish of St. Andrews, Cambridge in New Zealand, which is important to me for other reasons, is actually a Pokemon gym. Oh, wow. And I care about yeah. that because I'm going to go be the priest there next. Yeah, oh, that's the thing. Where this is really? like a this is sort of a farewell. To My Nalva. farewell tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I'm yeah, you're going to be moving hits. to New Zealand. When do you go? Uh, well, that all depends on when the visas arrive and right. so on and so forth. Okay. So they're they're quite they're quite understanding in the diocese of Waikato and and Taranaki that that when you're importing priests from Canada, it can take a while. Right. And um, so how close to Hobbiton will you be? Uh, Hobbiton is in the next parish of Matamata. Okay. <laughs> and um, what I understand is it's about a 30-minute drive. Oh, awesome. Which means my grandson want, doesn't want to just come to visit with me. He wants to come and live. But yeah. You know, and he's actually, too, actually he's actually ready to go there before me. He's nice. ready to go now. <laughs> so, All right. Well, that's kind of that. Well, that is sad to see you go, but um, I don't know. Do you think we have anything as a farewell present? Uh, we might. Uh, let's see what we have. Oh, yes. We have a certificate of improvement because you are, even though you're leaving the city, you are officially a vector of improvement. Excellent. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for coming <laughs> in. So, so one, one, one tribute from Malcolm French. <laughs> You know, usually people leave out an L in Malcolm. This is the first time I've ever seen anyone add an extra one. That's well, kind of actually yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I I wasn't sure where all the Ls went, so I put in some extras just so I wouldn't. When I most people leave out the second L in Malcolm, mm -hmm. but when I graduated with my BA from Campion College, I am an Anglican priest with a Jesuit education. Um, <laughs> they left out the first L in the picture that they used to have up there. I was mm -hmm. Macomb. Macomb. Well, that sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mac Holmes, <laughs> Mac Holmes, the, the schismetric. Uh, <laughs> anyways, well, thanks for coming in, and yeah. I think uh, we might be hitting that point where we have to uh, call for adjournment. Okay, well, I, I motion to adjourn. Uh, I will second that motion. Well, you have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Thanks again to Ryan Hill, aka Guy Wire, for providing the great theme music, and thanks to. Uh, French and also to the cricket cavaliers for coming in. That Yakko Merchant. You can find us on cgtr.ca slash podcasts. Also, we have our website, queencityiv.com, where that stands for Improvement Bureau. Also, you can find us on Twitter, QueenCityIV, and on Facebook. Also, download our podcast on iTunes. You can do it. Please do it. It keeps us alive. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good night. Keep on improving.